Um, what has uh, been getting you excited leading up to today? Is that for me? Yes, that's absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I'm just excited. First of all, I don't, you know, and maybe I just dipped out of Friday nights, you know, which is probably what happened. But have you guys been doing this long? I yeah, we well we we do this every Friday. We do when this. Oh, when did we start doing this? Uh, we started doing this back in January, but it didn't. We didn't start doing the lives until I'm gonna say okay. what March. Do you remember Angela? Or actually, I can look at. I'll tell you right now. I'll just have to go into the podcast. I'll tell you exactly when we started doing the I lives. Hold March. on. While while we figure yeah. that. Absolutely a good guess. Right, because episode, yeah, because the first couple of episodes was pre-recorded, and then um, the first episode I did with you, when we rebranded, it was mm -hmm. still a pre-recorded episode, because after you, then it was Gladden, and then, I believe, I'll tell you right now, um, season four, because season four was when we rebranded, so I have, I have it on Spotify here, so I'm just looking right okay. now. So yeah. So actually, cool. actually, correction. The first live we did was actually in February, <laughs> February twelfth, and we had Rihanna and Marie. That was the first one, and then we started going live. Then and then the open mic didn't start until episode seven, and that I mean, episode eight, and that was March fifth. Nice. So March fifth is when we started doing the open mics. But we didn't we didn't call the open mics jabs and sessions until right. maybe like three weeks ago. So and talking talking about roots, talking about roots mm -hmm. because this platform was known as jammed and sessions back in the day. So the fact that I'm using that name as the open mic mm -hmm. portion of it under unraveled influence, I'm like, well, talking about roots, uh -huh. you know, this is what it is. So yeah. Okay. But yeah, so I'm gonna say yeah, since yeah, since March we started doing the um uh -huh. open mics. Well, it's interesting. But the uh -huh. But the interviews have been a thing of a while, yeah. Oh, Sorry, go ahead. When I met Angela, I never come on that time. I, like, never. <laughs> I never come on that time. And someone just said, hey, go on. And there she was. I was like, hey. <laughs> well, I, it's been pretty incredible. Angie and I, like, this whole entire journey has been, um, like, kind of like that. Like, uh, oh, my gosh, all of a sudden these incredible, like, people coming out of the woodwork out of nowhere, but they've been around for so long and just being able to connect with so many people that I, I've never even had the opportunity and just hearing so many incredible stories and incredible right. artistry. And, yes. and that's really what I, Annie and I really, I, I mean, I always put it back on Andy because Andy was the one who reached out to me about this mission, about oh my giving out people like you. And, we, and, and, and this is not, well, we're not here to talk about the history of me and Andy oh that always comes up, but we really want to hear about what you've been up to because I know you did a, a, a full-on marathon recently, not too long ago, and then you have something kind of coming up next Friday. And that we yes. want to highlight. But yes. again, it's all about sharing the voices about people because people have stories that we can we can't hear them unless we get an opportunity to get here. For I, I, Annie, help me out here. I, this is why I said I don't know if I can come up. No, so so if I could put it in simple, you never came in. Yeah, if I could put it in simplest terms. 
Yeah, so um, I can put it in simplest terms. The real reason I decided to do this was because, long story short, um, I wish I had a place where I could just have a voice and just express whatever and have a great conversation with people. But isn't it crazy how you'll have more support from people on social media and people you connect with intimately in that way, but you won't have as much support from people that are actually around mm-hmm. you physically? And I was thinking about this for a while, and it was 2020 when I did the podcasting, but as far as Unrivaled Influence, it actually began rebranding this year, and it's interesting. I said, you know, I just want this to be a place where people can just come in, express whatever they're doing, and just have a voice and just have a place to, whether they want to vent or read poetry or whatever, because at the end of the day, we all have a story to tell. We all have things we want to talk about and there's no platform that at least not yet there's no other platform other than us that do what we do where we have the interview and then we do the open mic and poetry and stuff like that so when i brought the idea because it started with me and leon and then when i spoke to leon because he's he's taking a hiatus at the moment but i'll say hey what do you think about angela and he said, yo, I think, I, think, I think you should go for it. And when me and her spoke after our first interview, I, just the first <laughs> interview we did together, I was just like, I think I should hit. Something just told me, hit this woman up. Let me see. And then I felt like I made the right decision here because, like, as you see, it's little by little, it's flourished. It's become this thing. And that's what I want for everybody, just to, like, hey, you never – like just because we're not celebrities doesn't mean we can't have a place to have a conversation have an interview just to talk you know and we don't have that and the fact that i use the podcast platform to post it there so now other platforms can listen to it it's like you never know who needs to hear these conversations that's what my whole thing is i wish i had this so i said let me be the one that provides and let me be the one that you know what i want to be the one that builds the bridge and maybe Mm -hmm. inspire somebody else to want to do the same thing and recently i've had people come up to me asking me about podcasting that they want to start their own so i feel like the mission is beginning a little bit so i'm happy about that that is so cool too sometimes if you don't see something you have to build it yourself you know yeah yes exactly (laughs) because you're podcasting it will allow you to post it to all these other platforms yeah. yeah, so I use a host called Acast, and then what Acast does, it it, it, posts, it sends it to all the other platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and all these other platforms and stuff like that. And then it just, you know, and it, it'll put you under a category of what, whatever category you put yourself under, that's what it will show up in whatever the network uh-huh. is. So. That's brilliant. And then I, I have to, yeah, and I have to manually do it on YouTube because um, it gives me the option to do YouTube, but I have to pay for the service for me to get the YouTube feature. I'm like, nah, I could do that myself. You're so, so, you sound like you're so skilled with it all. It's a working process. No, I, you know what's funny? I just know the bare minimum. I just know the basics. But I think I saw tutorials and I just took whatever I felt was easiest for me. And I said, all right, let me just work with what I have. Wow, it's pretty exciting, though. Now you're the pro. I love it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, so, I mean, I didn't, you know, this was, uh, what's the word? Like, this was a fight, I guess you could say, to have what I have today. Because yeah, I didn't yeah. always have these things. So, I want to yeah, share it. I don't want to just keep it to it. myself. Are you, were you born and raised in Los Angeles? Wait, wait, wait. Where are you from? Me? Oh, I'm from okay. Brooklyn, New York. And Angela lives in okay. Ohio. But I, but I was... 
I was born in LA. That's my one claim to fame is I was born in LA, but I didn't live there long enough. Uh, get my coast, uh, you know, my fam, but I was there from like birth to like about four and a half. Uh, and then we went to Ohio. Been uh, Midwest the whole time, but I, I was in a JCPenney commercial. <laughs> so that's oh, that's we'll okay. Wow. Okay, child actor. <laughs> oh, so that should be a fun fact. Fun fact number one: Angela Murray was in a JC yeah. Penny commercial. <laughs> fun fact. Yeah. I don't know how fun that fact that is, but it's it's hilarious. That's cool. But yeah, Very so, cool. I do feel like I, I, that's in my heart, West Coast. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, you were born here, so you West Coast too. We're it. <laughs> So, um, all right, we have some Brooklyn Knights here. We have some Brooklyn Knights here. Lucy Martinez, hello, how are you? Welcome. So, if you're just joining us, we're doing the first portion of our live where we're having an interview at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is right now, and then 10 p.m. is the open mic slash poetry jazz and sessions live. So, you know, like I said, thank you for joining us, guys. So, I'm gonna yeah. start with this question. So, when we first spoke, me and you. You talking about, I remember it started with the episode, I don't remember what episode it was where I said people forget where they come from. And then you had DM'd me saying, oh, okay, so you understand. And then you invited me to the yeah. Haiti 24. And then I did that live, what would you do? And I think that's yeah. how we connected, yeah. but it's so interesting. So my question to you is, what inspired you to okay. want to start doing these lives is my that's, first that's question and why question. i think it's a beautiful question okay so i was inspired literally uh, by the haitians that came to america because i watch the news i have learned through this process but that a lot of people don't watch the news i watch the news and so you know how we all were sitting at home in 2020 and we saw george and armad and Brianna. so in 2021 mm. september 2021 that's kind of like what this experience was like for me. I saw, like, I, you know, living in America or in L.A., I don't know what it is, but the coverage, because I live in such a high immigrant um, area uh, where different, all these communities are, when I came um, or when they showed this on TV, it just, it really, like, like spoke to me. I actually was, I was so hurt by it. I was hurt by mm. it. I was in shock because it looked to me like I was looking wow. at the 1950s, like somebody had snatched me back, and for me, it was it was like seeing wow. it was like seeing dogs and water hoses. That's what it looks like to me. It looked like I was seeing people hose down and the dogs sicked on. They bought these huge horses, and horses are intimidating. Period. Anyway, but they were charging them at people like they were hurting them like cattle. You know, in today's time, yeah. Yeah, Ooh, they okay. had these reins that cut off at the end. Wow. And they were really long, and they were raising them in the air, threatening them like they were going to hit them. I'm in this park, and these little little bucks. Um, so they were raising these reins, these reins like they were going to hit them. And if you guys ever heard like different people, when you have an an instrument and you use it as a weapon, it's actually a threat. And so I, I couldn't mm -hmm. believe that they, mm. that they were doing this. Because <laughs> these little bugs, okay, I couldn't believe it because they were doing it, period. 
just period. It was that was shocking. But the whole year we had all been watching um, this news coverage of immigrants and migrants walking through Mexico to come to America the whole year. So it started at seventy eight thousand in January. It went up to like one hundred and one March, one hundred seventy eight oh. April and May. By July and August, it was over two hundred thousand. There were no horses. There were no, there were no, whip, wow. you know, threatened people with whips. Mm-hmm. There was none of that. Mm-hmm. And what caught the news, what I think what really caught the news was, I think the total was about 50,000 Haitians that came. They started coming in August. And if you know, back then, August was when the Afghanistan situation was happening and they were trying to get the Afghanistan out. So it was around the same time period. And so again, for me, I'm looking at two different groups, you know, a lot of different groups migrate to America and have the different reasons that they come. So mm-hmm. I saw a lot of Afghanistans and how they were coming and, and they were running for their lives. And I saw the same with Haitians, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when they were treating, right, when they were wow. treated so differently, to me, it was just heartbroken. I just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And it was 10,000 that had refused to leave that caught the news. And that's why the news began to pick up. And, you know, that those people staying, saying, hey, we're insisting on this American dream here. You know, we're, we're staying for that. We're here. That's why we came. And because they, they stayed, then it started to pick up on the news. And then, of course, that's when it, it went really weird in the whole let's clean, let's clean up and handle this situation because the border border is out of control. Mm-hmm. And let's get these people out of here. So the end result was they accepted about 12,000 Haitians. They sent 40,000 away. But that month, 192,000 was the total accepted. And that was that month. Wow. The month before, like 200. Wow. You know? So it just just disturbed my soul. Mm -hmm. It it, it disturbed my soul. And then just, like, if you look at the pictures, you see all these, you see fathers with these little babies, you see mothers with their daughters, you see all these little beautiful family units coming together to make it to America. Ah, just coming wow. to, for that American dream like wow. everybody else does, you know? And, and, and they can't, and for them to even come means they believed in it. Come on now, they believed in it. They believed in it, they believed in us. Yeah. And and then that happened. I was just I was so I was disappointed. I was disappointed in America. Wow. Wow. You know, because it's that fight. You just have to keep fighting and wrestling with so many things around you to get to mm-hmm. where you want to mm-hmm. get to, you know. And it's like you said, I, I I'm I'm with you on that with the whole disappointment thing, because I do feel disappointed at times too, because I feel like, you know, not to be political, but I feel like America paints this picture mm-hmm. to have this dream. But then when we finally chase the dream, the reality is not what it seems to be. It's like we paint this picture of life mm-hmm. to look a certain way, but then when we really see beyond the painting, we realize mm-hmm. it's not really that. That's mm-hmm. not really what that, that is. And it sucks that there's no one, because let's be honest, schools and life like that is, you know, um, people around you, your parents, they're not yeah. going to teach you these things. This is something, unfortunately, you have yeah. to learn the hard way. Um, like I said, like when I was growing up, my father never really sat down with me and talked to me about life. Yeah. I had to learn life on my own. Um, I was sheltered. And when I finally yeah. gave on my own, I went to college. 
you know, I had to learn the harsh realities that, hey, this world is not always a beautiful place to live. You just, it's what you make it to be. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you can't, it sucks that I have to kind of look over my shoulder at times, you know, it's like, and you brought up the whole, you brought up the whole George Floyd thing. Um, I'll be honest, when I first saw that, I was mm -hmm. actually angered by that um, because my son just mm -hmm. turned one at the time. And to me, thank you, thank you. And, um, you know, he's four now, but it's going to be five in February. But it's like my whole thing is there's going to be a time he's going to ask me about that. I'm yeah. not going to know what the answer is. And that's what's scary yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, just a few things that are uh, really kind of connected to me that I, I'm so glad that you brought this up because, you know, you look throughout not just, you know, the past, you know, history of, you know, America, but just how blatantly aggressive and in your face the injustices still are that it becomes, like you said, almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy where we forget where we came from, where we can have a beautiful dream that is a family and all of that incredible things that have happened. But at the same time, we're trapped because yeah. those, these are my students. These are people that I love. That these are, they are afraid to be out there and just exist as human beings. And it's very... It's very discouraging to try and give them an opportunity to have a voice, but they right. don't see themselves or hear their own voice. And that's where I think that's where you come from. And that's where you, you are leading this uh, right. opportunity for people to honor their heritage, yeah. honor their culture, because that, that is yeah. a beautiful thing. And, and again, we have to open up and, and allow ourselves yeah. to stop talking and listen yeah. because there's so many beautiful things that are coming from conversations like this. And again, yeah. thank you so much for doing this. Oh no, absolutely. I'm just, I'm yeah. Like being yeah. voice of the voiceless yes, pretty much. Yes. You know? I'm, just, I'm so glad you guys have this, this platform because the beauty is, you know, we can get distracted and forget a lot of different things, you know, generationally ongoing and ongoing. And the beauty is this allows everybody to say, hey, wait a minute, I'm like them. I'm like that. If you think about your ancestors most and how you got here, it's the, it was the same or similar process. <clears throat> and it allows for a sense of community and connecting that I think we're missing a lot today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like it's got, I don't want to say it's gotten lost. I yeah. feel like it's gotten distorted. I always say this with a lot of things, but I feel like distortion has taken over so many things. And I feel like um, knowing the roots and because, you know, like I'm, I'm so I'm born 1985. So I'm considered by category of millennial, I guess. Um, I don't know how those categories work. But anything after this, you know, anything after millennials, I, I don't know the names like that, but I, I look at these kids that are old enough to be my child, like these 20-year-olds, 18-year-olds. I see my own nephew, my sister's child. I'm just like, they don't understand. Like, you know, they're talking about, like, my nephew got mad one time because my his mom took away the cell phone. I'm like, I was getting hit with a belt just for taking something out the oh kitchen. God, like, you kidding me? You're mad because he put you on timeout? <laughs> You're mad because he put you, my sister put you on timeout? My father makes me make vanilla rice and carry a textbook yeah. over my head. It wouldn't last a day yeah. in my childhood. 
you know, and it's just like, I feel like, like, like the millennials have paved the way to be better, but somehow it's gotten so messed up in a way that it's just like, mm-hmm. what the hell happened? You know, so that's always been my argument. Exactly. What happened? Where did, I don't know, I don't want to say millennials, but I might as well. It's like, yeah. where did we go wrong with how this is? Because the people who are yeah. like 21, when my son is older, yeah. they're going to be yeah. the, the, the authorities yeah, over yeah. my child's life. And it's like, I fear mm-hmm. for that because authority figures in my life were like, yeah. all of them be my parents. They told us about respect, do your yeah. work, mind your business, you know. Just do your job. Don't question your boss unless you yeah. really, really have to. But don't cause the ruckus. Like, just shush. Keep your job. Don't get fired. Like, pretty much work and then yeah, relax yeah, later. Yeah. That's the way yeah, I grew yeah. up. But it's not like that anymore. Everybody wants yeah. the easy way out. I'm like, yeah. that's not how that works. I, I'm sorry. I can, yeah, you know, if I don't start talking, I can go on for days about this topic. But it's just, yeah. it, it angers yeah. me yeah. a lot. I think there are uh, great conversations that are happening, but they're not necessarily being communicated across lines because too many people don't know when it's time to listen versus when it's time to share. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. two, um, Andy, oh gosh, what was the last point? It was was something with uh, along the lines of what you said lastly, Uh, but um, I'll come back to that. Um, like you were saying, Denise, go ahead. Yes. Well, I like that you mentioned, you know, the millennials and it's, I think it's X and Z. Generation X was after millennials. I think they call them Z okay. now, I think. But um, that's another reason. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the younger generation. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan. Like, I, I can't. I work with some of them at work currently, and it's like, oh, you guys don't know about <laughs> oh, that's what it was, like, Andy. I, that's what it was. I think part of it is that because we are so distracted with some of our, you know, abilities to distract ourselves through social media, through, you know, being with our peer groups, through, you know, taking time off with, like, just whatever, being a child, but... Uh, we forget about the real injustices that are going on because we are distracted. And so I think, yeah. therefore, we forget our, yes. our anger is is there. It's un, it's subconscious, yeah. but it, then it gets mismanaged and misguided. Yeah. And I, we are yeah. angry. I think the yes. is angry, and they don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, they know they have a reason to be angry, yeah. and some of them have, like, real legitimate, I'm going to tell you why I'm angry. And you go, yes, you're fucking right to be angry. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. But it, that's where I think this artistry is so needed, and that's where building the bridge and showcasing um, this ability to honor ourselves, because like you Absolutely. said before, Denise, and I, I'd like for you to go ahead and echo that point again, uh, how yes. we are able to share that. And, go ahead. And, and, and I like when you brought the next generations, because what we accept now is the future. And that's that's another reason why I did the live, was to try to reach out to you know, to a lot of the college and collegiate community and try to get them involved. And, you know, this is a time period where uh, there's so many children that are taking their lives. And poetry, poetry gives you a chance to express yourself. It gives you a place to be heard. It, it is so powerful and that it allows you to release. And you'll find that you are not alone. And that there are other people that feel similarly. And so it benefits society and the community as well. And that's another thing I want to.
want to try to share and with more and more to get people to get people into and excited about and wanting to to listen and share poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of that, that leads to my next question because it reminded me of a live we did with Robert Charbonneau that talks about poetry. Do you think poetry is dying or do you think poetry is 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 just lost or do you think um do you think poetry has gotten distorted where we need to redirect poetry? What is your opinion on that? I think that as we were talking about as you mentioned earlier, earlier there's distractions and I think for example the internet. <laughs> I do because back in the day a lot of people read you know and a lot of us a lot of times people are watching instead yeah. of doing you know whether they're doing is writing or going to listen to other people you know uh, i think uh, there's um i believe and they were doing away with cell phones between two hours you know it's interesting because mm. a cell phone can connect you but it can it can disconnect you at the same time yeah wow. and i oh. think that yeah yeah it really can. And so I don't know that it's dying. I just think that there are other things to distract it. I think that's be- what's beautiful is we can do this in different states, which we couldn't have done before. This is true. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the positive part. But I think that just uh, the more we, we make it common and the more we have our different communities uh, to bring it to them and they see it, then the more... Yeah. No, no, I, I, it makes sense, though. It definitely makes sense. I'm just trying to absorb everything you're saying because it's so true. Mm-hmm. I think we can get it there. But we have to do that by, you know, um, introducing it to people. And yeah. I keep saying I'm going to get on TikTok. I don't, know, I don't know if they're getting ready to ban TikTok because I know one state that banned it yesterday. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. So, you know what's funny? I forget I have a TikTok. And, like, the last episode I posted was episode six. I forget sometimes that the TikTok is there. Yeah. It's just there. But it's like yeah. a part of me has no interest in it. And it's like. I know it's a good way to advertise because let's say if you let's say we're three different people, we have an account, but we look at one video, then somehow that one video you saw somehow in our somewhat of a circle, somehow you would uh, me and Angela yeah. will see that video too. It's weird the way the algorithm is a little bit different than all the other platforms yeah. that have algorithms. I noticed that. Mm-hmm. And then with YouTube, they prioritize it based on the wording you use at the title of your um um, video so it's weird these piece. algorithms are weird yeah. i've been studying it and i'm just like okay i don't remember algorithms when i had my space it was just whoever followed you or were friends <laughs> everybody saw it yeah yeah exactly exactly but from what i'm understanding and now i think it's probably true that's where the x and the y and the z's are oh. TikTok. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what sucks though like I you you have to have at least a thousand followers just so you could use a link, a clickable link. There's another issue wow. too that people are having with it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and for that you to go live. I'm not that familiar with that world. Yeah, and you, you have yeah. to yeah, you have to have a thousand followers too just so you can go live on there. Wow. So okay. that's why okay. I feel like it's useless. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> right. I hear you, but that's where the kitties are. <laughs> Yeah, so I know you talked about City High, you talked about, you know, what would you do? 
And I, I think I see what you're doing because I feel like the maybe I'm wrong, but this is how I'm understanding it. What would you do is there's that wonder. What would I do if I was in this situation? And I feel like the dream is now I'm having this dream, kind of like Martin Luther That's King kind it. of thing. Yes. Like I have a dream speech. Well, you're close, but it's, like, more okay. like, it's more like Biggie Smalls, though. <laughs> no, yeah, but I was going to say, like, because he said it was all a dream I used to do. It's like pretty much saying I used to read, or I used to go through all this stuff, but the dream came to reality because here I am now. I'm on the yeah. cover of The Source. Uh, my mom's proud of me. I left yeah. the legacy behind. So even though, unfortunately, he was dead now due to unfortunate yeah. circumstances, but he left behind a legacy. I actually remember yeah. when he legacy. died because I remember Best Eye was crowded like crazy. We were, because yeah. I used to live in Bushman, so Best Eye was not even that far. Like, once you pass Woodhall Hospital, uh -huh. Best Eye was literally on the other side. So I remember all these cars and everybody like not rioting but it was more like a celebration yes. but it's because he left behind a legacy, a legacy where a legacy. he was yes. able to so i feel like that's what the dream is the dream is that's my dream to leave behind a legacy yeah. to have a lasting impact so that way when i pass on i will still be remembered for that and if i could take it into context I feel like back in the 50s, that's what Allen Ginsberg was trying to do when uh -huh. the beat generation transitioned into the hippies era because that was the bridge uh -huh. to that era. And he left behind the legacy is, okay, yeah, I came from the silent generation, but I'm going to talk about stuff that you guys are going to talk about. And that's why Allen yeah. Ginsberg yeah. had a lot of controversy because he was talking about stuff that, no, you can't talk about that in the 40s. Right, right, he didn't right. care. He was a professor and everything. He didn't care. He did not care. And even though people don't like him, but I appreciate Allen Ginsberg because he wasn't afraid. So, someone that was born from that time, he wasn't yeah. afraid to address issues that schools did not want to talk about. So well, I have to tell thing, you. Right? I have to tell you, living in Los Angeles, I live down the street from that from that museum where, where it all went down. Mm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but it was like, you know, he, um, it was all a dream, right? So I'm trying to find creative ways for people to still write about the topic from a different perspective, you know? So that, that's what part of that was, trying to do it, you know, just with a little, a little, a little extra flair on it, on top of it. But, you know, what are your ancestors' dreams? You know, what were they when they came to America? You know, getting to America before they came to America. What are those dreams like, you know? What are what are your dreams for your prosperity, you know, for your future? Yeah. You know? Oh That's yeah. What it's about. Because I know dream for me, I mean, I think this is a good topic to have right now. Like, I mean, I guess if anyone in the comments wants to put their definition, what was a dream for you? I asked the yeah. question. So I think dream for me would be like I know I wasn't going to live in the projects for the rest of my life. I know I wasn't going to live with my parents for the rest of my life, even though I felt trapped and I felt like this was always going to be a story of my life. I was never going to get married. I was never going to have a kid or nothing like that. I was always going to live in this rinky-dinky apartment because that's all my parents could provide for me. And it's like, I look back now because I went through psychiatric therapy. I've been in a psych ward. I've been on medication. I've been, I was considered a special needs child. I was diagnosed with uh, schizophrenic personality disorder and ADHD. Uh -huh. And it's like all these things thrown and thrown and thrown and, you know, all these things, these labels, right? Because right, growing right. up, there was that, and I remember on your live, I talked about it. There's that, yeah. not the 
ver- the verbal abuse was unintentional verbal abuse because you gotta understand something. I grew up with that tough love. There was never that affectionate love. So I thought that's what love was supposed to be like. I thought that's how life was. And then I realized when I got married, my wife, she put me in my place because she had a similar upbringing, but just not from that poor aspect. But because her mom refused to to, to be a statistic in that whole, yeah, I'm, I'm Hispanic living in the projects or fools that she refused. Like she started from the ground up. That's how her yeah. mom was, and her mom's from Peru. And I feel yeah. like when I, so that's why my, my wife's never going to understand uh-huh. my part of the upbringing, but she understands the similarity as, yeah, we had verbal abuse growing up. There was yeah. a lot of, you know, name calling, because that's just what we grew up with. But the fact yeah. is, when I remember a few times I've gotten loud with my wife, and I, mm-hmm. one thing I love about my wife and I appreciate is that I remember mm-hmm. a few times she put me in my place. She said, yeah. listen, I, don't, yeah. I understand what you've been through, but you would not talk to me like that again. You will yeah. not treat me like that again, and and I and I said, all right, you my bad. Grow from that. Yeah, you grow from that. Yeah, because that's yeah, how I grew I'm, up. Because like, my yeah. father was very like like loud, but not on purpose. That's yeah. just how it was at yeah. all. Oh, like I'm I'm the man, and you're the you know I'm the man, and you're the woman. Like mm-hmm. I'm the one that's doing everything. And yeah. it's like I used to think that's what it was. That's how it's. That's what marriages do. So that's why I never wanted to get married, even though there was the dream of wanting to have a family. You know, so yeah. there's so much misconceptions about marriage that I'm glad that we, with me and my wife, were able to break out of that, where we exactly. built our own foundation through Christ, and we were able to have our son, yeah. miracle baby. And it's like this whole Beautiful. thing. This is what we want, or I want our son to see that. Hey, listen, we have ups and downs, but we're always going to be together because we always. Believe even the one that helps us all without that yeah. I can't do it on my yeah. own I can't and that ties into and that ties into the dream you know you have for your children you know she's from Peru where where are your ancestors from uh so my my parents are Puerto Rican that's where they're from okay, so they're from Puerto Rico she's from Peru yeah. you know that's immigrant story right there you know and yeah. immigrant dreams, right yeah. there. Exactly. Yeah, and she actually was born over there. She was actually born in Peru, and then she came over here. And because uh-huh. um, my wife is Puerto Rican, Mexican, and uh-huh. um, and Peruvian, so her father was born here That's in the nice. states, but he's Puerto Rican, Mexican. But her mom was born in Peru, so she came here, and she told me the little stories about how her mom, like when she moved to America, her parent, her family disowned her because of like, oh, you think it's better than us now, kind uh-huh. of thing. So the fight that her mom had to go through to get to where she's at today, yeah. now she's yeah. retired, she's enjoying her life now. But it was a yeah. fight. It was. Yeah. It was a. Tra- it was one of those things like. There's a lot of hardships you're going to go through. You're going to go through hard. You're going to see who your true friends and who your true people are. And sometimes yeah, that yeah. reality hurts. Absolutely. And Angela, what was your, what was your, um, um, how did your ancestors come here? Or, or did they have an opportunity to share all that with you? Or um, I can um, speak on that a little bit. But, uh, but first, I wanted to welcome uh, Rainer to the, uh, our screen here. Um, and did you want to mention something first to um, our, our wonderful guests? I want to give you an opportunity to comment or uh, ask a question first. Um, and then I'll bring that up. Uh, okay. I might, I might be wanting to define, uh, ask Denise, like, um, um, with her big drive on uh, stuff like Haiti, how are you finding that? Have you been getting a lot of positive results and a lot of uptake and people identifying 
not within government, well, but within our community and so forth. That's that's a really great great question. So what's interesting is my biggest challenge was in sharing this with people because a lot of I found literally through this experience that a lot of Americans and a lot of black Americans do not watch the news. Mm-hmm. And why? Because if you look at the news, news is really centered on loss of life. Those are the stories that we see predominantly. So I get it. I get it. Um, so for me, it's been a challenge in trying to share that, that this even happened because a lot of people don't even know, you yeah. know. Even when I've been uh, reaching out to universities and colleges, a lot of the kids don't know, mm-hmm. have no idea it even happened, you know. And to me, because it was so it was so drastic to me the way they, they treated the black migrants was so drastic, so 1950s that to me that's like not knowing about 2020, you know. And so for me, it was like 2020 at the border. So um, for me, it's, it's something that, that hurt me and that I'm very passionate about because I think that when you let certain things go and you don't address them, they kind of set the tone. And, you know, after that happened, you know, we had the Ukrainian war, right? And then specifically, uh, well, it wasn't specific then, it was blacks, Asians, Middle Easterners and Asian people that were not allowed to leave in the same manner the Europeans were allowed to leave, you know? And I think that had we all stood up as a nation for what happened over here, I don't think that would have happened like that over there, you know? And then later in the year in Spain, there were some Africans trying to migrate to, to Spain and they were shot by some of the agents and some of them actually lost their lives. So I feel like that was so big for the, for the society that we live in today that is vital that we respond to that. Mm -hmm. I really think that's important. And um, that's one of the purposes of Haiti 24, to to get the word out, to share it, um, so that we are aware. Because what happens, it's kind of like, you know, if you have an abusive relationship, right? Somebody hits you and you don't say anything about it. Mm. They're probably going to hit you again. Mm. You know, and it escalates and it gets worse. And we've seen even in our... Even here where, I don't know, it's like this weird push with Roe versus Wade. Everything is like a push back to old America. Yeah. Like, that's, why? That's, <laughs> that's about great. Yeah. You know, so when it, yeah, race relations and, uh, you know, sexism. Yeah. It's great. And even like with the, the issues in, in Florida, um, you know, with the, uh, what is it? with them not wanting to talk about gay, that, you know, like gay people don't exist, you know? It's all yeah. going backwards. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, all, you know it's crazy. It's, it's, it's like it's the most. It's like I, I don't even know how to function. It, yeah, how blatant it is, and how in your face it is. It, it is exactly it is. how you said. And it's been like that though for a while. Um, how blatantly in in your face, but a lot of us have been having a luxury or a privilege to not yeah. notice it. And again, with twenty, I know we brought that up that we have the yeah. opportunity that. That was really in a lot of people's faces. There was nowhere yeah. for anyone to turn, and people were like, yes. "Holy, you know!" And a part of me is, "Holy fuck, what the fuck yeah. is going on?" And people are like, "This has been fucking going on and worse for a long time." What do you mean? This has yeah. been going on yeah. for a long time. And so, this is exactly. not new. 
This is not new. People make it think it's new, but no, it just it just seems like it's a new thing because all the technology that's advanced, so it makes it seem like oh my god, it's going. No, this has been going on for years, even before I was even born. Any of us was born. Yeah. People yeah. forget. At the same time, and at the same time, I'm going to say this because, like you've said too, the media with the news being very negative and law centric, and I work in a school district where the media can be very negative when there's a lot of beautiful, glorious, intelligent, incredible, yeah incredible legacy building things that are happening but it gets lost in the what is the best sound like what works no. best in the moment and what sells and that's why yes. like you said if we can have these voices open and out there yes. that stigma that un that unnecessarity that doesn't and, and i'm sorry i'm getting a little too like my words aren't making sense because i want no i'm to following you perfect on this because i'm following you opportunity when those students when those youth get to speak because yes. they are speaking but we don't hear them and that's yes. when we, we can share when they get to share that and it's accepted and it's beautiful and, and that's why i really am so happy that we can honor you and what an incredible question thank you for asking that yeah that's, uh, a, good, that's a great question absolutely yeah yeah i really respected uh, and appreciated uh, my, I mean, we probably connected quite well on that, and like I, I was happy to sit there support you because out here in Australia we knew nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. And the funny yeah. thing is, and this my point uh, that I'm going to make is it applies to relationships, it applies to families, it applies to nations. Funny, yes. Where work we 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 are more concerned about other people and their problems than our own. Mm. Right. So, yeah. uh, Denise, you mentioned a great point there. The Ukraine war came up. Yeah. So America was more concerned with the Ukraine war than about this thing that happened not only a couple of years before in their own borders, in their own... How about judging ourselves? In yeah. In a relationship, we're worried about, oh, he did this and she did that. And, but mm -hmm. how about our own relationships? Do we look at that? But you know what's crazy? We're the ones that suffer the consequences. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. We suffer the consequences for the stupidity of this country. This sucks because now we're up in everybody else's business. But I'm like, what about us? What about make sure our economy is better? What about make sure we get jobs? What about decreasing the rate of unemployment or even homelessness? Like, you're so focused on, like, that's nothing to do with you. Like, focus on the now. Like, what's going on here? Yep. And it's, 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 it's sad. I... It just, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, honestly. It's just, um, and then I will say this, Andy. It, this isn't necessarily meant to be a political like uh, spinoff because people are going to have definitely varied views. But the point I think is that we are trying to make is people deserve to have access to life. Access yeah. to a valuable life, access to an enriched life, and an opportunity to express themselves in a way that allows their yes. to be heard. And that, that's not, that's all that yes. matters. And that's not, I mean, so mother, beautifully said, Angela. Well, I think the bottom line is that's why I don't understand. To me, I, I don't really skew political, even though I'm very political minded as far as like my own views. I have my own, I'm very yeah. liberal, obviously. I, but mm -hmm. I, at the end of the day, it's that, I just don't understand why we can't live by that basic ideology. Yeah. yeah. Because fear, I mean, there's a lot. There's fear. There's, again, 
we want to protect our family. We, and there's a lot of things that drive that kind of psychosis. But I think Andy yeah. said it before, and I, I want to leave on this point, even though we're so connected, it feels like at times we're so disconnected as, you know, people, because mm-hmm. we're so ingrained in that separateness because of technology that buffer has created that but again two, like i said two topics so i never get involved in is uh politics and religion because everybody's got their own yeah. personal oh. views and that's oh, great yeah me, yeah i ask for many any political party is i don't care if you want to tax me more i don't care if i've got to work longer hours all to me that's important is when i go to work or my well, I don't have little kids anymore, but when I had young kids, when my son was young, when he goes to school, that he, I know he'll return home safely and that my exactly. wife and kids are safe while I'm earning, right? Exactly. I'll go and work got- two jobs if I have to, to pay more taxes. Long yes. as I know my wife and kids are safe while I'm away earning that money. That's all I ask. So true. It's so true. Exactly. I agree. And that's... That's another point, um, you know, when you were talking about what feedback I get back. I've had some people say, well, they don't do political. Well, guess what? I don't do political either. It's, it's not political to reach out to help your brother or your sister or your fellow human being. And that's one thing that one point of the life, too, is to dispel some of those myths. I've had someone say I was comparing Haiti to Ukraine, and they said I shouldn't do that. And I said, well, why? It's the same situation. You have a country trying to be taken over by somebody else, right? Somebody assassinated the Haitian president, so they fled. So you have Ukraine. Somebody literally tried to take their country too, and they fled. And yeah. look at how differently we've treated both groups. I so think, it's very vital yeah. to, to conversation. Think, it is. I think it's, and, important, and it's important not to confuse moralistic obligations for humanity with politics. Yes. If politics, exactly. if the political part of it in, involves that moralistic obligation, that's yeah. not discussing politics. What you were doing is discussing a very human moralistic obligation. Exactly. Yeah. So well said. So well said. Yes. Yes. And I think, Denise, you made an incredible point that needs to be um, echoed again about politics or not. What's right is right. And being Thank silent you. is complicit. And at the same time, I want to be quiet because I want more voices to be heard. But at the same time, yes. if I'm quiet and complicit in allowing this to be just ignored, then I'm part of the problem. So it's important exactly. to, to, to have conversations like this. So again, yeah. I appreciate what you just mentioned too yeah we have to we have to have conversations like this so yes we um, do we're getting towards the end of our hour honoring you and i want to give you an opportunity to say um as much about anything else before we okay. have to uh, unfortunately thank wrap you up our first hour with you but again i want to talk Absolutely. about what you're doing next friday yes and how people okay. can join you very good. So so next Friday is the monthly event called Haiti 24. It was created uh, because some of the Haitians said they felt humiliated before the whole world because of how they were treated. So we were like, no, you should never feel bad about coming to America. So we wanted to lift them up. That's number one. Number two is to share with the world that blacks migrate too. A lot of people, even black people, don't think of black people as migrants or immigrants. You know, we'll say Trinidadian you know, Nigerian, Ethiopian, but we don't think migrants. And blacks are part of the migrant experience in America too. So it's to share that with the world. And then just to stand in solidarity for equality, whether it's on the streets, 
are at the border. That's the three points components of Haiti 24. And we want people to come on the live on Friday, next Friday. And uh, either either do one of two things. You can write a piece. I have the prompts on my page. Or you can just come on and say some positive words to uplift your fellow human being. That's it. Come on board. Say, hey, Haiti, you know what? Keep, keep going. Believe in yourself. You know, let America know we all need to still stand together as brothers and sisters to keep America as America. That place that people can go to in the world, we want that place open and equal for everybody. And just come on and support. So either verbally come on and support or come on and share your piece at 4 p.m. Um, that's that. I was trying to oh email me a link. Uh, Denise, I'd love to join, uh, especially your Friday nights, my Saturday morning. So that's that'd be yes, great. Yes, I love it. I look forward to it, Rainier. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Always lovely to see you. I'll drop off and let you finish off your interview you with uh, Denise. Really lovely you to see you. Well. See you soon. Thank, Thank you. You too. Yes, yes. Right. So, guys, that's what it is. What we want is just a beautiful day of love and positivity, you know, positive vibes, positive live, you know, whether someone has a painting about, you know, some beautiful painting about love and support and community or a painting of Haitians or a sculpture or a dance or if somebody has a song, you know, that's all welcome too as artists, you know, and uh, certainly, of course, poetry and spoken words. So. We just want people to come, come create a love fest with us um, to support your fellow man. That's that's really what it is. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. Um, thank you, Denise. Thank you so much for doing this with us, being a part of history mm -hmm. as we continue to make more history happen. Exactly. Um, any any last thoughts, Angela, before we transition into the open mic? Well, I hope um, when we transition to open mic that, Denise, you will join us first if there's something you would like, if you have anything to share, even if it's just another, like, off-the-cuff kind of a expression of love towards, you know, what we're doing here tonight. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get this live posted, and I'll be in the chat, and I'll be joining us very shortly. Um, but it was beautiful conversation. Yeah. I look forward to having yeah. conversations with you again. And we can have yes. a conversation about... Um, how our different families integrated through um, and all that. Yes. Yeah. We, we should definitely do a part two. We should definitely do a part two yeah. soon, for sure. I agree. Sure. How amazing this event will happen um, I agree. on Friday. I know so many of our fans and us want to be able to join you with that. And thank you for yeah. sharing and, and telling us how we thank can do Thank you, guys. This. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You guys are my brothers and sisters in the, in the struggle and in the, in the encouragement and the, the bringing together of various communities, and I love it. Thank you so much. We love having thank you. Us, and thank you for allowing us to honor you and honoring your mission of allowing uh, those patients to come together and, and yeah. understand that they are loved and they deserve you yeah. know, our respect as well. So Absolutely. thank you again. Yeah. I'm going to turn you. off the live and Andy's going to pop into the driver's seat.